This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. White, and this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. Joining me today via telephone is Esperanza Gutierrez, an account manager, I want to say, with the American Red Cross Blood Services, although things have changed a little bit since the last time we talked to you, Esperanza. I know. How are you today? Good morning. Well, here we are. (laughs) Things are constantly changing still, but um, you're not going to be focusing so much as the Broome County person as you're still in our area and still in our listening area, but your focus is shifting a little bit eastward, I understand. Yes. So I will now be representing counties um, in Delaware, Shenango and Otsego, those are the counties that I will now be representing for. For the Red Cross, so I'm a little bit farther east, but that's okay. I'm excited for the new opportunity, the new role, and uh, to be able to work with some new people to help save lives. So it'll be the same job, just more territory to cover. So I'll be putting a little extra mileage on my car, but that's okay. <laughs> I hope you have a, a newer car. <laughs> Well, I have a Nissan Rogue, and they're pretty good, okay. so we, I'm in good hands. We, we, we've just made light of the fact that we got rid of Vinny the Volvo finally, and I've got a, a new ride, too, a new used ride. But it's exciting, but I don't have to travel the mileage you do. That's that's one thing. Um, when you're talking about switching gears and going a little more east, obviously – uh, Broome County isn't exactly the largest metropolis on the planet, but when right. you're talking about Shenango, Otsego, Delaware counties, um, that, for the most part, and when I talk to even people that are the officials in those counties, they consider themselves quite a bit more rural than the greater Binghamton area. Do you see that as any sort of a challenge, re- reaching those people and scheduling blood drives, especially now? Well, I think throughout the pandemic, it has been challenging in itself uh, with people that may be in fear of donating, people that were unsure if it's safe. Um, and we're still always trying to get people to come out and donate. We call people, we post on social media, we email people, we send out letters home to people. So there's a lot of churches in those areas uh a lot of businesses that maybe maybe have been running for a while that I've seen that it's actually been pretty successful because it's been a constant destination for people. If its world does have its challenges, of course, because it's not going to be a large city, but people are still coming out and donating, which is good because that's the goal. And actually, the people when you are in an area like, say, you know, show out there, Delaware County, and say there's been an accident or something like that, and you're in in need of blood. First of all, it's a challenge to get to the hospital, and then you're hoping that the blood supplies are going to be there that you need, whether it be for an accident or an illness or anything like that. That's going to be a challenge, too, when you're talking about some of those rural hospitals and keeping the blood supplies on their shelves as much as we do here in Binghamton. Sure, and whenever people donate blood, that blood will go wherever the need is the largest. It doesn't always go in our backyard. So to give you an example, I donated a couple weeks ago, and it went to, excuse me, it went to a hospital in Rochester. 
So um, then the first time I ever donated, it went to a hospital in Maryland. So wherever the need is the largest, it's going to go. And it's so important to keep getting blood on the shelves. That's something that's interesting. You know, back back in the day, um, I you never knew where your blood donation ended up. It's kind of interesting that uh, that that's something that is a thing now that you actually know who you're helping to some extent. When right, I th- I think one of the best things that we have now is people think that after you donate blood, that's it. The story's done. That's not true. If you make an appointment through our blood donor app. If you make an appointment through redcrossblood.org and you check back in a couple weeks, you get updates, you know, about where your blood is. Kind of like when you order something off of Amazon, you get updates about where it is. (laughs) Then finally you find out what hospital it goes to. But also, we're doing COVID-19 antibody testing. So if you donate blood, you make an appointment through the app or online, get your results in 7 to 14 days on either of those two platforms and you find out if it's positive or negative. If it's positive means we detected COVID-19 antibodies in your blood. If it's negative, it means we didn't. So that's also a form of a free test that people can do. It's something that we've extended. Uh, We're continuing and doing, so that's great. You know, a second test that people can do on top of getting um, another test for COVID, you can find out if you've ever had it. So, um, the app is great. So is online. You find out which blood type you are if you don't know already. Um, so it's it's a great tool. I mean, every two seconds, somebody needs blood. And if people never donate blood, a lot of people will not be alive today. And it's a scary and true fact. So people that take the time and roll up their sleeve and take an hour out of their day to make a difference, they're really helping out a lot of people. Well, that's the thing, and and we talk about it all the time, but you don't know how closely people are listening, so it bears repeating. One donation of blood doesn't mean just one person on the other end affected. That blood actually helps more than one person. Right. It has the potential to save up to three lives. So I always tell people, if you can drink a pint of beer, you can donate a pint of blood. I believe in you. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's painless, it's, it's... the donating blood takes less time than you actually, you know, coming in, getting your temperature checked, doing the reading, uh, waiting a little bit to see someone. You finally see a phlebotomist. You go over your house. You go over the reading. Any questions? Uh, after that, if you're, you pass and you can donate, you donate blood. And then you need to eat something after. And then if you feel okay, you can leave. So it's a whole process, of course, because we want to make sure everybody's feeling okay, everybody's feeling healthy, but donating blood in itself does not take a long time. Let's get back to the COVID thing, as long as we're talking about the the processes and what goes into donating blood. When things were all raging last year, now things have calmed down. I think people have a little bit better understanding of what goes on. Let's still go through the safety protocols that happens when you go to either a blood drive on location or if you happen to be, say, in the Binghamton area, go to the blood center, you've made an appointment. What goes into the preparations for giving blood um, that you have to, the the person that's donating has got to keep in mind, and the people that are the phlebotomists and the health screeners, uh, what they go through to make sure everybody remains safe through this whole process. Sure. So face masks are definitely required 
If you don't have one, we'll provide one for you. And if you don't wear one, you cannot be at the blood drive. Uh, we will do a temperature check when you get there, right when you come in. If it's your temperature is 99.5 or higher, we're going to give you five minutes because maybe it's a warm day. Maybe you were walking. Maybe you traveled there by bike. We don't know. Uh, after five minutes, if your temperature is still on 99.5, we're going to ask you to leave. We are wiping down all our hard surfaces that we're using, tables and chairs, our equipment, our donation beds. Our phlebotomists are required to put on a new pair of gloves after every donor. They've done that since before the pandemic. Right. It's something that we're continuing and doing. Uh, the donor goes through a second temperature check with the phlebotomist once they check in and answer questions uh, with them. And their health history area is what we call it. Garbage is something that we take with us. We don't leave that behind. We separate everything six feet apart, the registration table, the waiting area, the donation area where the phlebotomists are. Everything is six feet apart. Now, these are all the things that we've been doing throughout the pandemic, and it's been working fine. People have graciously opened up their doors to us through the pandemic, and I thank them because without their support, we would not have been able to continue to collect blood during this time. How challenging has that been? I, I know that to begin with, everything was shut down. Everything was canceled. That included blood drives. And that causes a problem, even though elective surgeries and stuff like that was, were also put on the back shelf for a while. You know, there's still things like accidents and there's some uh, surgeries and procedures and cancer treatments and things like that that still go on. Uh, are, right. are we in, in still in a catch-up mode trying to you know, have the, the the supplies on hand that we need for that kind of stuff? And how bad was it when the pandemic first hit, trying to meet the needs of those patients that still required blood transfusions? Sure. So in the beginning of pandemic, it was actually, um, we took a big hit because we lost a lot of schools, a lot of businesses, and 25% of our blood collection comes from schools. So these are high schools, these are uh, colleges, universities, these are students that hopefully uh, will be the future of our blood donors because they are the future. Um, so we lost that. But surprisingly enough, uh, I have been working with people for the past two years now with the American Red Cross. I have been with the Red Cross for like 15 plus years. And they told me they saw more people come out and the pandemic, in the beginning of the pandemic, that they did when 9-11 happened. Because when 9-11 happened, it's my understanding that a lot of people were lining up to go to blood drives. They were trying to figure out a way to help out. But, I mean, I'll tell you, I saw a lot of people that we had to turn people away in the beginning of the pandemic because we just didn't have enough staff to process all these people that were coming out to donate. And quite frankly, I wish I had that problem all the time because now I'm trying to convince more people to come back and donate blood. But I really think in the beginning, people are trying to find a way to help and make a difference. A lot of more people working from home. Things are opening back up now. It's different. I will say we are in a comfortable state right now, but it's always good to be above that. You want some cushion. You want some wiggle room. So it's always important, no matter how comfortable we are, People continue to donate. You never know what's going to happen with people. If an accident happens, 
cancer treatment, like you said, you never know. So we always want to prepare and have more. And now that the weather's getting warmer, and you said as you said people out and getting out more, even getting out in your own backyard. The, I know how it is in in the in the warmer months. We do see an uptick in in need a lot of times, and plus a lot of people are concentrating on what they're doing outdoors. They're not thinking about donating blood. Right. Yeah, you're right. Everybody has cabin fever. They want to go outside and enjoy the sun, but. You know, do that and donate blood. <laughs> you have Take some, an hour out of your day. Make it happen. You do have some blood drives coming up in your your new territory, so tell us about that because we want to let our friends out in Delaware, Otsego, Shenango County know what's going on. Sure. So we are having a blood drive Monday, May 17th at the Richfield Springs Community Center, and that's going to be from 2.30 to 6.30 p.m. We're having one at the Quality Inn in Oneonta on Tuesday, May 18th from 12 to 5 p.m. On Wednesday, we're having one at the Southside Wesleyan Church in Oneonta from 12 to 5 p.m. And that are those are the only drives that we have uh, next week because we don't have any the 20th or the 21st. So it's going to be those three drives that we have going on. And if people want to schedule a donation, maybe they are in the Binghamton area and they're going to be able to get to the uh, blood services um, offices, uh, how do they make an appointment or find out other blood drives that might be around the region? And it's not just for regular whole blood, too. We have um, other programs for, for, like, platelets and stuff, don't we? Yes. And you know what? I actually missed some blood drives, so I'm going to read you some more, and then I'll answer your question. Is that okay? Sure. All right, so also on Monday, May 17th, we're going to be at the Sydney Fire Training Center. We're going to be there from 12 to 5. On Tuesday, the 18th, we'll be at Pine Brooks Church in Walton from 12 to 6. On Wednesday, May 19th, we're going to be at the Woodburn Firehouse Community Room, and that's going to be from 1 to 6. PM. Uh, also on the 19th, we will be at the Walton O'Neill High School, and that is from 8 to 1 p.m. That is an open to the public drive. Also, we will be on Friday, the 21st, Calicoon Community. That is the Sullivan West High School. And that is going to be the hours of that drive are from 1.30 to 5.30 p.m. So those are plenty full of options for people as far as appointments in Johnson City at our donation site. They can call 1-800-RED-CROSS. They can visit redcrossblood.org, download our blood donor app. You'll definitely need an appointment for the donation site. And I highly recommend appointments anyway moving forward that way. We can kind of know the people we're expected to see. Uh, you can find out your antibody testing. You have a spot reserved. So all of those things are important to keep in mind when you're considering donating blood. Okay, we are out of time. Thank you so much, and we'll see you around the wilds of Delaware County.
This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up.